Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, we want to go to 1 Corinthians 2 tonight. And... uh, Continuing with this series that we have been on, What the Spirit Says. And uh, I believe this is the sixth part. And I just, I, I don't believe the Lord's anyways near done with this. I believe we've got a lot more to say. Uh, and uh, you're believing with me, right? And so, it is so important. And I, I'll say this, just across the board. It is so important that believers know what the Spirit is saying all the time. It's vital in the life of the believer. Uh, Because Jesus said seven times to seven different churches in Asia Minor, in chapter 2 and chapter 3 of Revelation, He said, hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Well, very often that's used just in terms of the last days, in terms of, of, you know, uh, when somebody preaches on eschatology or something of that nature. But remember something, that those churches, those letters to those churches were for the New Testament church. That was the New Testament church. And Jesus, who never changes, said, hear what the Spirit's saying to the church. And so to hear and discern what the Spirit is saying and doing, there's a, there's a qualifier. I have to be spiritual. And when we talk about being spiritual, uh, that takes on different meanings and different connotations for people. And we'll get into to what the Scripture says it is. But, you know, being spiritual is not having to pray about everything. You know, hey, you want to go out to eat? Ah, oh, let me pray about it. <laughs> Too late. Right? That, that's, that's not being spiritual necessarily. All those spiritual people pray about things. Right? Uh, spiritual, being spiritual is not necessarily just talking about heavenly spiritual things all the time. You know, you can watch a, a ball game and be very spiritual. Amen. But to hear and discern what the Spirit is saying, I have to be spiritual. And 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 15, it says, For he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. He that is spiritual judges all things. Now that word spiritual, it's kind of lost on us sometimes, but here's what it means. It means to be divine or non-carnal, or regenerate. Not degenerate, regenerate. So to be divine, or non-carnal, or regenerate. Now there are people that when you say to be divine, they go, well you are, you're of divinity. If you're of God, you're of divinity. So there is a part of you that is divine, because it's from God. Now, that doesn't mean that, obviously, that you can't sin or that you can't miss the mark or that you're 
perfect, but it means that there is a part of you, your spirit, your born-again spirit, that is of divinity. Amen. So this is referring to a person who is of divinity. Notice, non-carnal and spiritually regenerated. So this is talking about a born-again believer. He that is spiritual discerneth all things. Now the word, or judgeth all things, the word judge means to discern. Means to discern. And people will say things, they'll say, well, you know, we're not supposed to judge. Well, we're not supposed to judge people, but this is talking about things. He says, he that's spiritual discerns or judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. Now, this is not a gift of discernment. There is no gift of discernment. Uh, the, only, the only thing even close to that is the gift of discerning of spirits. And most people that say they have a gift of discernment actually have the gift of suspicion. But <laughs> there is not a gift of discernment. This is a spiritual discernment that every believer can attain to. Every believer, every born-again believer can reach this. Because there are things that have to be discerned spiritually. In your everyday living, your day-in, day-out living, there are things that you hear that you've got to be able to discern spiritually. Is that truth? Is that right? Is that appropriate? Uh, is, is that for me? You've got to be able to discern that, and Scripture says the only way I can do that is by being spiritual. Right? This is so important because we're called to live in a natural world, but on a spiritual level. Jesus said twice in John chapter 17 and once in the book of Luke, he told his disciples, he said, you're in the world, but you're not of it. When he prayed to the Father, he said, they're in the world, but they're not of the world. Now, that's important. You're in, but not of. I can be in something and not be of it. Of is that preposition that denotes the source of something. The literal meaning is the fountainhead of it, where it originates. You know, you look at the, the Mississippi River, and there are places the Mississippi River is, I'm told, a mile and a half, two miles wide. But yet, if you go all the way up to Minnesota at the headwaters of the Mississippi River, it, you, can walk, you can step across it. But that's the fountain, the beginnings of the Mississippi River. All right? He said, you're in the world, but you're not of it. You're not of it. Why? The world is natural, carnal, fleshly. I'm called to live in a natural world, but on a spiritual level. And there are things that we hear and see, and if we're spiritual, we can discern the truth. We can discern if what we're hearing is of God. I never have to be concerned about being deceived if I'm spiritual. If, now, if I'm not spiritual, I can be deceived. Hallelujah. 
We can do this because we're not carnal. That's a good place to say out loud, I am not carnal, but spiritual. Say that one more time. I am not carnal, but spiritual. You've got to remind yourself of that. I'm not carnal, I'm spiritual. You might even be dealing with a certain area of, of carnality, but you're declaring, I'm spiritual. I hear God's voice. I know His voice, and another I will not follow because I'm spiritual. Amen. A lot of what we're seeing in the world right now is just unspiritual people. That, that's why somebody can look at me and hate me because of my skin color. They're not spiritual. Amen. And, and, and that's what causes all the friction that people, it's, people are, are living in their carnal-based nature, and, and that's what the flesh does. Amen. So we're in the flesh, but we're not of the flesh. Not the real us. Which is, which is our spirit. And so, because we're spiritual, we have an accurate source of knowledge to discern from. Our spirit. An accurate source of knowledge. Now, the natural man, and we'll, we'll deal with this more as we move forward, the natural man doesn't have that same advantage. The carnal person, the natural man, because he has no accurate source of knowledge. If, if I only live on a carnal, solical level, there's things I can miss. There's things I can, I can lose out on. There's things I won't get to because I'm living on that natural, solical, carnal level. And right here in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1, Paul said, and I, brethren, notice these next two words, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither now are you yet able. Why? Because you're carnal, for whereas there's among you envying and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? One translation says, and walk as mere men, mere unchanged men. Now, what was the evidence that these believers were carnal? The fact they still needed to be fed with milk. Now, the reason this is so important is if I'm going to move on into the 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 deep things of God that we'll talk about as we move forward and the hidden wisdom of God, I've got, I've got to be able to discern it. I've got to be able to see this. And he says, notice, I could not speak unto you. I know that's not you. You're growing in the things of God, right? But, but notice this. If, if I was a member of this congregation, this would bother me. Right here, when Paul said, I could not speak unto you. Notice, as unto spiritual. Now, put those two together. He that is spiritual discerns all things. 
And Paul says, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. In other words, there are things that I couldn't share with you and I couldn't reveal to you because you're not spiritual. Amen. Does that make sense? There, there are areas that people will hit, congregations will hit. I've, I've been doing this a long time, not as long as some, longer than others. I used to travel a lot more than I travel now. I've got two churches to pastor, so I don't travel nearly as much. But I would go into churches, and, and from the time that praise and worship started, I could tell you the spiritual, the spiritual temperature of that church by how they entered into praise and worship. It, it, it didn't take five minutes. Because you would get in a place, and it would be very solical. It would be very, very feeling-oriented. You know, if the worship team didn't play just the right song, nobody entered in, or whatever. And boy, if they hit the right song, they'd dance the paint off the walls. And there's nothing wrong with dancing and shouting in church. We do it all. But here's, here's the issue, is, is when it's all solical, and it's all feeling, and it's all just natural self, then I'm missing the spiritual side of it. Now, you can be just as carnal and just as solical by sitting on your hands when the Holy Spirit's wanting you to move. Well, you know, that's not my personality. That's carnality. To deny the moving of the Holy Spirit because you say that's not your personality. Hmm. Well, if the Lord, if the Lord ever told me to shout, I would shout. Well, he said all through his word to shout unto God with the voice of triumph. So you've already been told to shout. Amen. Amen. Already been told to do that. What I'm, what I'm trying to say is that you can, you can ascertain the spiritual temperature of a body and discern it if you're spiritual. I was uh, ministering in a, in a country in South America one time, and uh, I had a, a team with me, and, and we went to the services and and, uh, I mean, the people were good, the people were great, but uh, we, we would, uh, worship would begin, and one of the ministers would get up, and they would start saying things, and, and the people were just, oh, they were just yelling and shouting and screaming, and uh, I didn't do anything. And the team, of course, they, they you know, we, they, would ask, they asked me after church, they said, you know, you didn't enter into that, and, and whatnot, and I said, well, it wasn't right. And people say, how did you know that? I'm spiritual. I discerned it. That's not arrogance. That's not pride. That's not bragging. Everybody can do that. There are times, if, you, if you'll recollect, there are times that you have heard things or seen things, and something right here threw up a flag and said, that's not right. That was your discernment kicking in from your spirit. Now, if you overrode that, then I lost ground. Amen. So the evidence here that they were carnal was they still needed to be fed with milk. Brother Hagin used to say this. He said, uh, he said I have got to the point and I, and I believe it was 80%, uh, it, it may have been a little less or a little more. He said, 
where I could get to where I was with one church, some churches, I'll get to where I can operate in about 80% of the anointing. About 80%. Wow. And he, and, he, and, he, and he said, that's not very often. And he said, because any pastor, any teacher, any preacher can only move a congregation as far as they want to be moved. Nobody can move me or you or anyone else any further than I'm willing to go. But if I discern that, that God wants to take me to another place and take me to another level and take me somewhere else and I just get in the flow and go with it, then God can take me where He wants me to be. Amen. Notice in Hebrews 5, Hebrews chapter 5. Say out loud, I'm growing. I'm growing. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 12. For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again what is the first principles of the oracles of God. Some translations say the elementary things of the oracles of God and are become such as have need of milk and not strong meat. Everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he's a babe. But strong, milk belong, strong meat belongeth to them who are of full age, even those, notice this, who by reason of use have their senses exercised, here's this word, to discern both good and evil. The Roos translation says solid food belongs to those who are spiritually mature, to those who on account of long usage have their powers of perception exercised to the point where they're able to discriminate between that which is good in character and that which is evil. So notice the ability to discern or to judge a thing comes from exercising that discernment. He said that it comes from that person that has their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. You don't discern good and evil with your natural senses. You discern it with your spirit. And Paul says that as I grow in Christ, that my discernment should get stronger. As I grow in Christ, I should know more about spiritual things. Spiritual things should become deeper as I grow. I don't just know about the Word. There are people that can quote to you verse after verse after verse, but they're not spiritual. There are people that have been saved a long time, but length of time being saved doesn't make you spiritual. There are people I know that have been saved 25, 30 years, and they're babies because they've never progressed. And then there are people I know that have been saved two, three, four, five years, and they're on a whole other level spiritually than a lot of people that have been saved 15 or 20 years because they consistently exercise their discernment. They're consistently exercising themselves spiritually. Hallelujah. So the word exercised, it means to exercise vigorously or to train. To exercise vigorously or to train. 
So this means that I can train my spirit through vigorous exercise to discern things in the spirit. Hallelujah. I remember one time I was ministering at a church. Uh, me and a couple of assistants went. Uh, the, the man, uh, it was an acquaintance of mine, not really a friend. And, and I went to the church and, and, I, and I ministered the word and I prayed for people and the Holy Spirit moved wonderfully. And, and I felt the, 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 the anointing, the Spirit lift, so I was done. And I turned it back over to him. Well, but here's the thing. And, and I'm not being judgmental or critical as much as I am just saying at, by reason of an example. The people in that church were so trained to be moved emotionally that when the Spirit lifted, they didn't even know it. And they just kept bucking and running and jumping and dancing. And I, I, I went back to the office and uh, uh, was preparing my stuff. And the pastor came in and, and, and uh, uh, he said, Oh, Pastor Steele, I just wanted to come back and, and, and say goodbye. I got to get back out here and get in on what you started. Well, I didn't tell him, Well, there's nothing out there right now. It lifted. But I, I could see out his window into his office. They were just running and jumping and, and shouting, and it was all flesh. People say, yeah, but they were getting blessed. They were feeling good, but it was all flesh. Because the Spirit had lifted. Now, now, why is that important? Because there are people that will come to church, and if they're hearing, I've, I've watched it happen. You'll, you'll tell, you'll, 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 uh, introduce what you're going to preach on. And I've watched people do this. I've watched them. They'll have their Bible open. I'll say what we're going to preach on. They'll go and close their Bible. And if you're preaching on their favorite sermon, they're shouting and they're amening and they're on the edge of their seat, right? Because that's, that's what they like. But if you're ministering something that maybe they don't understand or something that's challenging them, or something that maybe is not their favorite thing, it's a whole other atmosphere. Well, when the Word of God's going forth, the potential to radically change your life is present. So a spiritual person is excited about whatever is being said because I know I can receive. Amen. Folks, that's why we have white churches and black churches, and we separate along those skin color lines because we have unspiritual people. I got one amen out of that. Right? That, that's, that's, why, that's, that's why you, you right? Well, you know, that's not how we black folk have church. Now, wait a minute. I thought the scripture said there was neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female, bond nor free, right? Well, you know, white people, they're, a little, they're, not, they're not excited enough or, or whatever the case may be. Well, that's an unspiritual way to look at things. And that'll hurt me, right? I say that'll hurt me. I remember one time... Uh, I had been, this was many, many, many years ago, almost, well, close to, close to 30 years ago now, probably 26 years, 27 years ago. And uh, a lady, I taught a Bible 
study in Nashville for uh, a number of months before Pastor Michelle and I moved. And uh, when, I, when I was leaving, she came and wanted to bless me, and she gave me uh, a $100 bill, which was a lot of money to me then, and uh, uh, a, uh, a tape series by Kenneth Copeland. It was from the London Victory Campaign uh, called Establishing Your Heart on the Word of God. Transformed my life. But uh, so I was constantly listening to it. Well, when we got here to Kansas, a relative of mine and, and uh, he and I were going back to Nashville to get our stuff out of storage and, and what we had and bring it here. And uh, so he went to sleep in the passenger side. It was his car, but he's asleep. I figured I can listen to what I want. So I put a tape in. Brother Copeland put a, a tape of him in. And man, you know, I'm, I'm having trouble holding the car on the road. You know, I mean, I'm, it's just great. You know, I, I want to pull over and say, hold my mule, right, and just shout down the road. But uh, <laughs> finally he wakes up, and I'll never forget what he said. What is that you're listening to? I said, well, it's Kenneth Copeland, it's Brother Copeland. And he reaches over and ejects it, and he goes, that's the most boring thing I've ever heard in my life, just droning on and on and on. His answer was playing in his tape player in his car, and he wasn't spiritual enough to see it. Because he likes spit flying, sweating, Right? And, and there's nothing wrong with that. That preaching anointing comes on me, and I love it. But that's what he wanted. That's what he liked. And, you know, he's not even serving the Lord today. Backslid. Because emotion won't keep you. Spirituality keeps you. Being spiritual. That, that, that's so important. Amen. I, I, I watch our congregations. And you know, there are people, there are people when the Spirit gets on them, it moves them. He moves them. I mean, Pastor Larry, Spirit gets on him and he starts them feet. Just, yay! You'll see him on the front row. Ah, yeah. Oh. Right? And, th and then there are other people, they just lift their hands and they start glowing. Right? Well, it's the same Spirit. And they're both getting blessed. One just responds to him differently. Amen. Well, a spiritual person will see there's nothing wrong with either one of those responses. Amen. But a spiritual person will also recognize when it's stubbornness or flesh. Do you see that? Hallelujah. I mean, think about this. How does a guy like Andrew Womack stand up there and hold his Bible and never move but about five feet, right? And never raise his voice above this. And every five minutes he says, I'm saying some amazing things. Right? But yet... It radically transforms your life. And people get set free by the hundreds and the thousands. <laughs> because it's spiritual. Right? And, and right on the other hand, you have people that just come to church 
And when they leave, they look like they've been in a sauna because they have sweat off all their makeup, they've sweat through their shirt, and they go out and, and they can't live any better than they were the week before. Because all of that is good in its place, but it doesn't mean they're spiritual. Right? Amen. I, I remember when Pastor Michelle and I, years ago, years ago, we, we got a hold of a tape series by T.D. Jakes called The Blood. It was called The Power of the Blood. And Bishop had just moved to uh, Dallas, Texas. And I mean, he was, he, y'all know how he preaches. And my Lord, he would get to preaching and the only thing I could do was scream. It was scream or your head would explode. It was just, it was, it was phenomenal. It was amazing. It was out of this world. But here's, the, here's why it was so impactful is because of the spirit of it. Not because of the fervor. Does that make sense? If you're spiritual, you can get just as much out of a person that never moves from behind the pulpit that's preaching an anointed word as you can get out of somebody who's running the aisles and running all over in front of the church and, and shouting and jumping. Amen. But it comes to being spiritual. Am I helping you? Hallelujah. There are people that are shouting the walls down over wrong teaching. Amen. I've, wa I've watched people shout and run because the preacher will get up and in a fervor pitch. You might be in here going through a hard time. It's just God putting you through a wilderness experience. And somebody, preach, preach, that's right, preach. He's not saying anything. He's not preaching. God doesn't put you through a wilderness experience. God didn't put the children of Israel through a wilderness experience. Their rebellion kept them in the wilderness. God had a plan to bring them through the wilderness in 11 days and take them to the promised land. But people will shout about that. And after church, they'll be talking to each other. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm glad I came tonight. Now I know God's working something in me, putting me in the wilderness. God doesn't put you in the wilderness. Amen. Yeah, but you know, Jesus went through the wilderness and came out more anointed. You don't have any Bible for that. Jesus was anointed when he went into the wilderness and he didn't come out any more anointed. He came out with our victory because he had to do that. I don't have to go through the wilderness because he went through it for me. Glory be to God. Well, you know, those dark times, oh, those dark times, God just leaves you in the dark. How ridiculous. How can anyone believe that when the Bible says God is light and in him there is no darkness and it says you are in him and he is in you. So if you're in him and he's in you and he's with you all the time, how can you ever be in the dark when God's light? But people will shout about that because they're not spiritual. Amen. But a spiritual person will discern. I, I taught a message one time, and I'm going to reteach it here, because I taught this, that when you're facing something, you've got to discern three things. 
Is it a temptation? Is it a testing? Or is it a trial? Because if it's a temptation, God didn't have anything to do with it. If it's a test, you will go through tests. And if it's a trial, everybody faces trials. But you've got to discern spiritually which one is this. And if it's a temptation, you've got to stand against it. If it's something God's trying to work in you, you've got to go with it. And if it's a trial, you've got to overcome it. Amen. And don't even get me started on songs. Right? If I'd never had a problem, I wouldn't have known God could solve them. Where's the scripture for that? See, I got to be careful with those things. My trials only come to make me strong. Well, where's that at? That's not a scripture. That's a song. But I've had people say, well, you know, it's like the song says. Or heard that people said that. Well, you know, it's like the song said. Spiritual people discern spiritual things. Amen. People have no spiritual discernment because they never mature. The goal of the Christian life is maturity. To grow. And they never become spiritually strong. Length of time saved doesn't mean a person is spiritually mature or spiritually strong. I, I used to, for, for years, I did a Bible study in the, in the county jail in Johnson County, Kansas for 12 years. And uh, uh, I can't count the times that people, those men and, and, and sometimes women, not necessarily so much women for me, I was, I was on the male side, but uh, how many times they would come to me, oh, Pastor, what you said was so good. And I said, well, thank you. I appreciate that. And they'd say, yeah, I go to such and such church, and my pastor is such and such. And? You're still in here. So there's a breakdown somewhere. <laughs> right? And, and they would say their pastor's name like I should know him. I don't care who you sit under or who you have sat under. You got to grow. Amen. The thing with coming to a church like ours is this. You're responsible for what you hear. And once you hear the truth, I'm responsible for making it work in my life. Amen. And that's so important because where a person goes to church, who they know, their tape library, that's not what's important. And, and I understand what I mean by this. In the sense of if they're not growing. You can have every tape. I, I had a lady one time. Uh, they invited us over to their house, and we went over. And uh, this lady had a multitude of issues. And what I mean by a multitude of issues, self-esteem issues. Uh, when they first started coming to the church, 
She said, well, why do you want us to come to the church? They chose to come there. She said, why are you going to let me come to this church? I said, well, because you want to come. She said, yeah, but you don't know me. I said, well, I don't know a lot of people. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not a good person. I said, well, says who? She had this bad image of herself, horrible. And so they invited us over, and we went over. And here she came, and I've still got them. I've, I've got them in, in my office right now. And she came out with a, a box almost as big as this top here. And here's what she said. She said, if you want these, you can have them. I don't have any, any use for them. And she sat them down, and I opened them up. It was this, and I, I've got it in, in my office. It's still jam-packed. Kenneth Copeland tapes from 1970, 71. I mean, I've got the original Laws of Prosperity, uh, Greatest Faith. I mean, a gold mine. And I said, you don't want these? Again, I know I looked incredulous. You don't want these? No, I don't have, I don't have, any, I don't have any use for them. What? Yeah, I'll, you're going to give them to me? I mean, I'm expecting to pay something, right? Because it's worth that much. I mean, no, I'll just take them. I don't need them. The answer was in that box. And they were not spiritually mature enough to discern it. Amen. Are you following me? If you come to this church, if you give the Word of God and the Holy Spirit six months of your life, and you come to this church consistently, you will grow. You will grow. And people say, because you're such a good preacher? Partly. No, I'm joking. But no, because the Word of God will grow you up. If, if I can mature, if I can discern it. Now look in 1 Corinthians 2. Am I helping you? 1 Corinthians 2, again. And we're going to keep coming back to this chapter throughout this series. Verse, uh, 1 Corinthians, I said, yeah, 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 9. And I want you to see something. We're going to read verse 9, verse 10, and verse 12. He says, as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither entered into the heart of man the things, everyone say the things, the things that God has prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them, say it again, say the things, unto us by his Spirit. Notice, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Now we're going to look at verse 12, but in these verses there are seven different things that Paul says that the Holy Spirit will help us see. And it includes the things that are prepared for us, the things that God wants to give us, the deep things of God. And then verse 12, it says, Now he, we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know, say this with me, the things that are freely given to us by God. Now, this is so interesting, and you can do your own study on it. Things in these verses are so hard to define. Because when you go and you look at them in the Greek, the word things points back to what was there previous. 
all right? Meaning, when it says all things, the things that are given to us by God, it, it doesn't define things as much as it defines the word before it. Now, the reason that's so important is very often when we hear the word things, we think of the things that God prepared beforehand, uh, things, cars, houses, uh, blessings. That's, that's part of it. But the word things in these verses more defines wisdom, knowledge, revelation, pathways, these things that God wants to reveal to who? Spiritually mature people that have the ability to discern them. Hallelujah. And so notice the things in verse 12 are the things in verses 9 and 10, and it includes the deep things of God. The deep things of God. So, in other words, there are things that are below the carnal, solical, sensory level, and to access them, one has to be spiritual. And it's not just deep teaching that makes somebody go, wow, boy, you're smart, you know a lot. It's the deep things of God. It's, it, one scripture talks about it's the hidden wisdom of God. Well, who is it hidden to? The natural, solical, carnal person. It's not hidden to the spiritual person because that spiritual person discerns all things. But notice what it says. Yet he himself, in verse 15, is judged of no man or discerned by no man. A lot of times we use that just where the world is concerned. Folks, carnal Christians don't understand you. Because they're carnal. They can't, they don't get it. Let me put this down on the base level, the basic level. And, and I'm looking, most, most everybody in here comes to church on a regular basis. Matter of fact, you all do. And there are people in your family that think you're a nut. You go to church too much. We can't get mad at them. They don't know. They're, they're natural. They're solical. They're carnal right I mean they, they they didn't have a big problem with you when you were living in sin and not living for God and right and now and now you're in church it's like you go to church too much <laughs> you're going to church again well yeah you know they have it more than once a month Like Brother Hagin, when he was on when he was on his deathbed, basically, all he did was read the Bible. Because you remember the story. He said, I opened the Bible and I saw Old Testament and New Testament. And he said, I figured they said I could die at any time, so I better start with the New Testament. So he said that's all he did was read the Bible. And his family members started worrying about him. Thought he was going to lose his mind. You're reading the Bible too much. His family, his family came to him and said, you're reading the Bible too much. And they, and they said, you know, don't you want to read something else? He said, no, I don't have time. So they got a preacher to come. And the preacher said, uh, well, son, how you doing? He said, I'm doing good. He said, you read your Bible a lot? He said, all day, every day. He said, well, don't you read comics? He said, no, I don't have time. 
He said, uh, well, don't you read detective stories? He said, no, I don't have time. Well, what about a good Western? Don't you read those? No, I don't have time. Well, I mean, in essence, he didn't have, he, he knew he didn't have a lot of time physically. He needed to get the word in. Thank God he did. Thank God he did. Because he radically changed our lives, what he taught. But here's, here's the point. That's how natural people think. Amen. Just, just tell somebody you pray every day. Ooh. Well, spiritual people pray. Right? Just, now, I probably shouldn't say this one because I don't know if it applies to you, but people think Pastor Michelle and I are weird because we don't go to the movies. I'm not telling you not to go. I'm, we don't go to the movies. I, 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 don't, I don't think Hollywood puts out anything worth paying for. My opinion. Let me qualify that. But the point is, why, why, why don't you go to the movies? I don't have time. Oh, you're just weird. No, I'm spiritual. Right? Say out loud, I'm spiritual. Now look at 1 Corinthians 2.13. Now, don't go out of here and say, Pastor said you can't go to the movies. I didn't say that. I did not say that. Y'all know I was there and we saw Unplanned, right? I was there. I was in the movie theater and we watched it together. So don't say I, I didn't say you couldn't go to the Don't say I said you couldn't go to the movies. You can do whatever you want. You grown. <laughs> Amen. 1 Corinthians 2.13. Which things also we speak not in the words which men's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Spirit contacts spirit. Spirit doesn't contact flesh, and flesh doesn't contact spirit. The Bible says deep calls out to deep. If you're going to connect with spiritual things, you have to do it from your spirit. You can't do it from your natural self. One translation, the Woos Bible says, which things we put into words. Now, Paul's talking about his preaching, remember. And he says, not words taught by human philosophy, but in words taught by the Spirit. Fitly joining together, this is so powerful. Spirit revealed truth with Spirit taught words. So in other words, the Spirit revealed the truth to him and the Spirit taught him the words to say. When you understand that, when, that when you're sitting under an anointed message, that's not that man's opinion or his idea. That is Spirit-revealed truths coming by Spirit-taught words. Even if you've heard it before. You know, I don't have anything new. Nobody does. You, there might be something you haven't heard before, but it's not new. Because we all got it from the same source. I've had people ask me, you care if I preach your messages? Go after it. Do I need to give you credit? No. Why? Because nobody's ever had an original thought in their life. Somebody else thought it before you. 
Amen. I, I don't see how preachers can copyright their material. How you copyright the Word of God? Amen. Do you see this? So this wisdom doesn't come from natural learning, but spiritual discernment. And then he says in verse 14, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. Why? They are foolishness to him. Neither can he know them. Notice it doesn't say he doesn't want to know them. It says he cannot know them. Why? They are spiritually discerned. It's so important that you're spiritual all the time. Not just in a season. You, you, you hear a lot of people talk about seasons that we go through, even the season that, that the world may be in right now. Well, but, but here's the thing. Ever what you watch, it, if, you, if you watch certain things, uh, uh, news and, and things of that nature, you better be running it through that spiritual filter. Because everything you hear is not the truth. It's just not. I told somebody the other day, I said, the problem with, with that, things that they were dealing with, is you bought in. You bought in to all of the propaganda, and you bought into everything the world is saying is happening, and you're omitting what the spirit of truth is trying to tell you. And you can't do that. Right? The Bible tells us in not so many words that you don't need to look for destruction. You need to look for resurrection. How do I know that? Because the Lord said through the prophets of God that the United States of America is being reborn. That's what the Spirit's saying. I, I don't want to get over on a solical level and a natural level and start believing a bunch of human nonsense. Amen. Do, do you see that? Now, be spiritual and understand what I'm saying. I'm not, telling you not to, I'm not telling you to be foolish. I'm not telling you not to wash your hands or not to, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it, when you listen to something, if you're not running it through the spiritual filter, you'll get on a carnal level just like everybody else. I told somebody the other day at lunch, I said the difference between me and a lot of people, and I don't say this a lot, is this. I have no fear because I can't get sick. Not just I won't. Any disease, germ, or virus that touches me dies instantly. Has to because the law of the spirit of life is emanating from me. I firmly believe and know I cannot get sick because there's not one scripture in the Bible that says you lay hands on the sick as long as it's not a pandemic. Amen. I'm still expected to do that. Are you following me? So he said the unregenerate man, one translation says, of the highest intellectual attainment is not granted access to the things of the Spirit of God. No matter how wise I am, no matter how smart I am naturally, that does not give me access to the things of the Spirit of God. Why? They're folly to him. I had a, uh, a cousin by marriage that was a very smart man. Very, I mean, professor-level smart, all right, which 
you know, we say professor could be smart or not, but the, the point is, is he was so smart, he believed we came from apes. And he would sit down and tell you. Well, just, he would say, now, just reach back there and feel your tailbone. Okay, and my tailbone. That's where your tail used to be. And you're thinking, can anybody really be this ridiculous? Yep, they can. But that same person, when you say, no, God created the earth in six days. And God created man in his image and in his likeness. Oh, that's preposterous. Oh, that's, how can you believe that garbage? The same way you can believe that at one point your uncle used to sit up in a tree and eat bananas. I mean, that's a miracle, brother. I mean, it's such a miracle that it quit happening. You know, they've had to stop teaching evolution in school because it, it doesn't happen. They've got to go to other things. Now, I'm, I'm using that as an example to say, you know people like that. But yet, when it comes to spiritual things, they have no comprehension. That's not us. We are spirit-led people. We know what the Spirit's saying. Amen? Natural wisdom, no matter how great, will not get us access to the things of the Spirit of God. It just won't. I remember one time, and I'll, I'll tell you this story, make one last comment. Uh, I, I may have told you before, but I'll tell you again. Uh, I had a friend of mine that came to visit, and I'd been doing a lot of study on 1 Corinthians 12, where Paul talked about the thorn in the flesh. And I began to see something that a large part of that was a mental bombardment that Paul was under, a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet him. And uh, we were talking, he brought it up about Paul's thorn in the flesh. It had something to do with, you know, we all got our cross to bear or something. And, and uh, I probably said something like this. Well, no, there was one cross and Jesus bore it, you know. But in any event, the, the, the point is, is I said, well, you know, Paul's thorn in the flesh was a messenger of Satan to buffet him, and he was buffeting him mentally. Well, he could read Greek and, and write Greek, and he had went to all, and, and I'm not against that. I, I think it's wonderful. But he reached down in his, in his little bag, and we were eating breakfast, pulled out his Greek Testament, and, and he read those verses, and he looked at me, and then he read them again, and he looked at me again, and he said, well, who taught you Greek? I don't know Greek, but I know the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost knows all things. He's the spirit of truth. He's the teacher. Now, this is what he said. I don't, I don't know. I can't read Greek. But this is what he said. He said, that's, that's what it alludes to. I, don't, I, I never read Greek, and, and I, I can't read Greek, but I know the Holy Ghost. Amen. I've had people over the years ask me, where were you educated? Where'd you, what higher education do you have? Well, well what do you mean? Well, what college did you go to? What seminary did you go to? Well, I didn't. Oh, no. That, no. You're kidding me. But I, I know the Holy Ghost. And I determined, even in the natural world, when I worked in the natural world, corporate America, 
I was going to let the Holy Spirit teach me. I was going to let the Holy Spirit lead me and guide me. And everywhere I went, whatever department they put me in, I ended up at the top of that department. And every position that I needed to move into except the first one required a college degree. I don't have one. But the scripture says, remember, when it talks about P, uh, 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 Peter and John standing before the Sanhedrin, and it says they could not resist what they were saying, and they took note of them that they had been with Jesus. And what they say about him? Where'd these guys get these words? Where'd they get this, this revelation? Amen. So natural wisdom won't grant me access to the things of the Spirit of God because they're investigated in a spiritual realm. And folks, as we're closing, if you'll make the decision to just stay spiritual, just keep, keep going down that road, amen. And it's not going home and trying to do something spiritual. It's just being spiritual, being that, amen. You'll see victory, amen. Well, let's stand up tonight, everybody. Praise.